with vip playlist i'm here with my co-host adam uh our guest today is you, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself tell us what you do and all that kind of stuff what's up guys my name is david michael frank i am a singer and artist uh, i sing my ass off a lot on the internet uh, i've actually been probably doing that since maybe 2011 and yeah thanks so much for having me yeah and uh, so the first song that i found used on spotify was actually the it's not necessarily a mashup, I guess, but it, like the Fallout Boy, I guess you would call it a mashup because the end of it kind of changes a little bit. <laughs> okay, uh, are you? Are you? So you must be way back. You yeah, 2013, I think. Okay, so all right. Song, my song, know what you did in the dark, light them up. All right, all right. So there, there's, I, I'll have to, I'll have to give a little backstory then. Yes. So <laughs> I, I have been releasing music in bands since 2011. I have been in a, a, a same iterate, same band in multiple iterations. Four guys, new name. Three guys, new again, new name. Two guys, new name. And then I held on to that last name for for the last, uh, I don't know, since 2016. And I've been releasing music under that name. So you're actually going back two bands by doing that. But in that, I actually went and I. I decided to change my name as an artist and, and go by my name. And so now I am releasing music under my name in order to actually like not start from zero fans or like zero monthly listeners. I went through and I re-uploaded about 200 songs. I took all the ISRC codes and the original mix files, everything. It was a nightmare. I made a huge spreadsheet <laughs> um, and I re-uploaded everything and I added my name, David Michael Frank, my new, now my new artist name to everything. So I organized everything into cover albums. I organized everything into original albums. And now I'm starting fresh as David Michael Frank, even though I've been releasing music for a million years. But I'm going off of the monthly listeners and followers that I have built up over the years. I um, so you. yes, you can shout out my songs, Know What You Do in the Dark. But that was uh, 2013 recorded with an, a, a group of guys. Uh, we shot the music video out in the snow. It was certainly uh, a fun, fun music video to do. But that was sort of in my YouTube cover era. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you you shouting that one out. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Old that, so we actually how we prepare for these interviews actually is I go back and I find uh, on Spotify like your oldest song that I can find, and that one was it. That one was from like 2013, and then I make a playlist with all your music, uh, and I try to do it chronologically. That way we can kind of hear the progression, hear the growth, hear everything uh, all the way up to your newest song, um, oh, only no. one. Yeah. All the way up to that. So we listen to it chronologically in order, all of your music. So <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's yeah. been quite a journey, a lot of band names, a lot of songs, a lot of covers, a lot of styles. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. You know, I'll tell you, it was interesting. There's a, a part on this playlist. I don't know if I covered all of it, but it was pretty much all of Future Sunsets. And there's a portion on here where there's like four country covers back to back, which was... 
maybe even more than that. I don't remember, but it, it was pretty cool to hear it go from like pop, pop punk, and then just straight country for a couple of songs. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was straight country, but I was probably playing playing an acoustic guitar. Uh, you yeah. never know. It, it depends on the time of my life, but I've had a lot of like hard times in my life. I've I've had some like health issues. I've had uh, bandmates, of course, that I've lost, and I've lo- I've had studio changes. So sometimes it's a little easier to record just an acoustic guitar and a vocal than it is to do like a full band production, depending on like my studio mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. yeah, I probably have some uh, some things in there. I guess you could call a little country. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! So. We are going to make a Spotify playlist today with some of your favorite music throughout the years. Uh, is there anything you want to name it? Uh, yeah, you you gave me like a minute to to think on <laughs> to think on a name for such a playlist. So you know, if it's if it's music that has inspired me over the years, and I had to distill it down to one word, I think we'll go with spark. Hey, I like that. I like that. Very nice. Yeah. One of the first questions we like to ask our guests, and this is personally one of my favorite questions I ask is, is there anything specifically you can remember listening to maybe with like parents or or anything like that? Somebody, you know, like older showing you a song that you just kind of still listen to today? Um, I, I mean, yeah, my parents were pretty, my dad was a pretty big influence on my early music days. So back when I like started playing guitar, uh, Led Zeppelin and and Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton, those were all like pretty like baked into like who who I am as like a young guitar player. I think I learned every Led Zeppelin song when I was like 14 years old. Nice. Um, but then uh, I, I started to like modernize a little bit. I mean, I went to some of these concerts with my dad and I started to modernize a little bit. And actually, yeah, this is a good one for my playlist. Um, this would be my very first concert. The the headliner was Blink One Eighty Two, and the direct support was Newfound Glory, and the nice. opener was a less well known band that was probably having a huge opportunity, and they were they're called Jimmy Eat World, and they're still oh, wow. they're still yeah. out today, and they they killed it. Like Blink was like drunk and having fun. That's great. Newfound Glory was probably even more drunk and having fun, <laughs> and Jimmy Eat World was like on another level of like musical professionalism at such like a probably an earlier stage in their careers. So that the record that they are playing was uh bleed American and it's in my, one of my top five like albums of all time. Um, so I would go with, if I had to add a song from that to, to the track, I would go with bleed American, uh, chimp by Jimmy world. And my dad went to me with that, to that concert. That's awesome. Cool. That's really cool. Actually. I, my wife is a huge Jimmy world fan. Yeah. They're amazing. Bleed American, that's a that's a solid track too. I mean, yeah, that's like the first song on it. Right when it starts, you're like, what is going on? And then the yeah. entire that entire album is a, a total skipless, perfect, uh one of the like few perfect albums I can I can think of. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned you started learning to play guitar. Are there any other instruments that you uh play and how did you learn or you know get into that? I play guitar uh as my primary instrument, then I I started recording um, pretty early on too. I was originally working off of a, I actually had like a little four track cassette player that one of my guitar teachers gave me. And then uh, I quickly uh, switched to like a little CD burner thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started producing and was in bands from a young age. I grew up in the Seattle uh, music scene. Um, This is all like the MySpace time. And uh, I was burning CDs of like songs we were recording and I was in a band. So I learned, I learned bass. And I would sit down on my my drummer's uh, kit all the time. Um, and so I, I started to learn drums. 
And then when I when I turned just old enough that like my parents were like, hey, you have like savings bonds. They're not mature yet. And I was like, really? That's awesome. And I took them. I don't think I, I don't even think I was eight. I definitely wasn't 18. I know that. And I'm surprised the bank let me pull this shit off it younger than 18. Um, oh. And I went to the bank as like a 15 year old and I cashed these premature checks and I bought a drum kit. And I remember I was like playing drums to like Red Hot Chili Peppers when my mom like drove into the garage and <laughs> she was like, no, you didn't buy a drum set. Return that right now. I was like, I already dented the heads. And so I didn't return my drum set. So I, uh, I, so yeah, guitar, bass, drums, my piano playing is my worst, but I can, I can play along to, to songs. Uh, I produce all my own music, so I play p- piano well enough to be able to produce and play keyboards on all my tracks. And then uh, singing became a little bit later of an instrument in my life, but now it's my now it's my main instrument. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, so, so what Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, was your favorite to drum to, or a couple of them? Or? That was uh, I remember that was uh, Californication. Nice, there. solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, how'd you determine? Like, how'd you figure out you could sing? It's really personal, right? Like, who who told you you were good, or who, who inspired you? <laughs> Uh, I, no one told me I was good for a long time. I, my, my mother told me I sucked. My uh, friends uh, in high school told me. I remember one girl told me I had a fine voice, but it was boring. Um, wow. And I was always the, I was always the um, lead guitarist in my band. So I was shredding from a pretty young age. Uh-huh. Um, but I would slowly start to sing backup harmony for, for my singer. And then when I got towards the end of high school, I decided to take it a little bit more seriously. And I started taking some voice lessons and okay. um, and then I went to to college and I, I studied business, but at the same time I studied vocal performance and I was in a band where I was just the singer. I didn't even play guitar. And I really, I had to learn like how to sing like in Italian, like Italian tenor, like classical. Yep. I did a lot of like voice training with different teachers and then I'd have to like showcase songs for other students in school. And, you know, I was playing shows my whole life and, and working my ass off. And then I, uh, I had started to post YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And in that I pl- played all the instruments, I guitar, bass, drums, piano, and I recorded and produced and, and sang. Um, and I forced myself to get good enough at singing to, to be able to, you know, do stuff. And I also was a little competitive. So even if Adele put out a song, I was like, I'm not going to do it in a lower key. I'm going to do it in Adele's <laughs> key, which was really cocky of me back yeah. then. Um, and I still remember I was getting people that were like, yeah, maybe you should try it in like your own key. You sound like you're straining a little, which is probably true. But I had I had some good technique that was starting to develop. And then uh, I got discovered. I'm just giving you my whole story. You asked you asked uh, when did I start singing. But oh, you're good, but, man. No, That's, please. Continue. Yeah. But I, uh, I I actually ended up getting discovered on, on YouTube uh, for some of my covers. And I got brought out to Los Angeles to audition for what was like a rock boy band. Um, we were going to be like the next five seconds of summer before five seconds of summer exists. It was like a rock one direction. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, we were promised like television show and all kinds of craziness and nice. uh, ridiculous management. We had four managers and one of them had like done some of the most the insane artists, Michael Jackson and the and the Commodores and Lionel Richie and just huge legacy artists. So oh, gosh, I got put on like a big stage with a lot of pressure on me as a singer. And it, it pushed me to to take it a little bit more seriously. And then, you know, I was just in bands, bands, bands. And I was always the lead singer and always the writer. And I always had like a fine range. I was competitive with myself and with my peers, but I didn't take it seriously until TikTok. Yeah. And I started I started to post some of my my videos and like little clips here and there. And things started to like blow up 
of clips when I was singing higher than other stuff. So I, I started taking my singing and I was like, look, like I have something special. I've developed something over the years. How about I treat it like an athlete would treat training, you know, as, as their, as their, you know, instrument or their, sure. if they're a gymnast and they're training. So I started doing like three, four hours a day of like vocal training by wow. myself, studying from, from the greats and, and showcasing it on TikTok. And now my voice is like a completely different beast. It's like a, a fast car on the freeway. Yeah. I, I feel strong and flexible, like with my, my range and my tone. And, um, I, I, I was never this like confident about it. I always sort of sucked. And now for the first time, I like, I, I feel better. I still get like, have my like shitty moments. Like I'm just getting over a cold right now. And yeah. like, you know, but yeah. And I just, I just hustled like three, four hours a day of, of, pushing myself like every tiktok i posted was like my absolute hardest most like best vocal i could do and i was doing them all live and like i didn't have i was 100 percent full full pedal to the metal on every single one so now like it's just stretched to a point that steve perry from journey like absolutely but like now i can sing whitney houston i mean maybe that's yeah. ridiculous to say but like I, I can't do the run she can do but I, I can sing the notes she can sing and celine dion and so i'm just that's i'm just amazing. trying to progress to be the best singer that I can be right now. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. I, I, I will say, so I saw your, I saw a video of you like two years ago. That's how I kind of know who you are is through, I think you put you, I don't remember who it was, but somebody, it was either you or somebody who posted a video in Swan, in Swan posting or something like that of, um, I don't remember which dance game and dance song it was. Oh yeah. yeah well, that was, yeah. that was pretty old, pretty old yeah. school. Uh, so that was, uh, was the hardest one that they had at the time. Uh, we own the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There oh, was. Okay. I sent that video to Adam too. Um, that was the first time I heard of you. And I will say, there's two vocalists on TikTok who I always stop scrolling and watch the videos. You're one of them, and of course Julian from Loveless. Y'all have like the most amazing voices on TikTok at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Julian's a homie. We've we've known each other actually for years, so oh, really? it's really cool to like be sort of in like this, this exciting time and like seeing him having so much success. Like it's, it's, it's really cool. I love when my yeah. friends are, are killing it. Yeah. Y'all are, y'all are seriously some of the best. And I showed, uh, I showed Adam Julian last time we hung out as well. So, uh, but yeah, y'all are some, y'all are just killing it on TikTok right now. I always stop and watch your videos and, and I'm just mesmerized by how amazing y'all's voice sounds. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. It's a, yeah. uh, it's just years and years of like developing different skills. I know he's a great uh, vocal producer as well as being a great singer. I actually, I used to hire him like to, to edit my vocals on things that I like didn't want to edit. Yeah. So I've like, <laughs> I've like hired him for stuff. Um, and it's cool to like see him crushing it. And he's a, he's an inspiration for yeah. sure. So when you producing your own music, I'm assuming it's just easier and faster. So you see a trend and then you're able to just like pop something out, like, like immediately to, to kind of stay up with everything that's going on. Is that kind of the, the benefits of producing your own music? I mean, it depends on, it depends on a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to producing your own music. I, I mean, to speak on, on uh, the troubles of not producing your own music in a day when like you need to create content to, to stay afloat. Like if you can't produce your own music, you're really going to struggle because you're going to have to pay people every step of the way. And yeah. I know so many talented singers like through my years on YouTube, remember I started in like 2011. So I've seen so many people 
that were like big or had a lot of YouTube subscribers or whatever, but they couldn't keep it up because they were paying producers for everything and they couldn't record, they couldn't write. And it's really difficult. So yes, I'm, I'm self, uh, self, uh, sustained music production, but yeah, I, I, I can, I can outsource to other people when I need to, or if someone's better at something than me, especially when it comes to video, I know that's like a pretty big weak link for me. Like I have cameras and I know how to use them well, but you know, I, I don't, have great lighting skill. I can, uh, I don't have the best cameras. And when it comes down to like just other people with better skills, like absolutely. And and I hire somebody for mastering, like for example, only one, I'm a mastering engineer and I, and I master stuff for other people all the time, but I did not want to master only one because <laughs> I, I, I did the mixing on it, you know, it hadn't left right. my computer. And so like, I wanted it to not be biased, like by my computer, my desk, mm-hmm. my room, I wanted another person to hear it. So I actually had like three or four different mastering people send me masters and I chose my favorite one. And I still tried to beat their masters with my master (laughs) and one mastering guy beat everybody, including myself. So I went with his master. Um, So yes, uh, you gotta, you gotta produce your own stuff, but it's not about like how quick you can be because it still takes a lot of time. Like nothing's, nothing's fast. I'm like editing vocals on a cover right now. And like, I've got, Man, you've got layers and layers. You've got a lead vocal and then you've got two doubles and you have to edit all three of those and make sure they're time aligned. And then you've got a harmony and then you have a left and a right of that and multiple, like by the end of like a song, you've probably got like 18 vocal tracks that you went mm-hmm. through every single word and every single note. And you made yeah. sure that everything is time stretched in a line and pitch perfect. So it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I completely feel you. I let Adam edit one of these episodes, one of these episodes and it, I mean, it takes anywhere from like six to eight hours to edit one of these episodes. So I can imagine. Like, and that's, you know, we're not doing all of those things. It's yeah, just I don't simply, have a bunch of different lines or whatever. I have one, yeah. you know, vocal track and that's it. That's all I have to edit. But having like multiple different instruments and vocals and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure that's just. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you, you develop shortcuts and you know what sounds good and how to get to your end result quickly. And yeah, I can respond to something viral pretty quickly. And my some of my biggest se- success in my earlier days was like, for example, Miley Cyrus did a did a released Wrecking Ball in like yeah. 2013, right? And within 24 hours, and it was the fastest growing video on on Vivo. And I was like, I told my bandmates, I was like, Yo, this is the fastest growing video on Vivo. You guys go to the hardware store. I need a rope. <laughs> I need and like they got like a workout ball and like some tape and like we by the time they were back, I had like a rough track of wrecking ball and like had a demo vocal and we tied up a workout ball on like a wooden horse stable that was in the backyard and we like hung this workout ball and I got naked and we recorded a music video to wrecking yeah. ball within the <laughs> end. And we, and we released it. We edited it. We mixed it. We finished everything within 24 hours of Miley Cyrus's release. And we got worldwide press from, you know, Ryan Seacrest, Prez Hilton, MTV. I was on the homepage of gay.net. I didn't even know that was a thing, but, but I, I, you <laughs> know, it, it, yeah, it, who knows? Well, we were just like three naked guys, like swinging on wrecking balls. What do you expect? And, um, yeah, so like that kind of like spontaneity with, with the ability to, to respond to a, a viral trend, like that changed my life. Uh, that had, we had our original music, uh, skyrocketed at that moment and we had an album that was out and everybody, everybody started picking it up on iTunes back then. Uh, and I remember I did a Europe tour a few months later and I was like, how'd you find out about the band? We'd been a band for like a year or two at a time. And it was literally just like wrecking ball, wrecking ball, wrecking ball, wrecking ball. <laughs> so like. 
you gotta I, hop on these trends i saw that video like three hours before before <laughs> and uh that that's hilarious i didn't think y'all were actually naked but that's hilarious <laughs> no i was very i was very naked and we tied the the ball up way too high so i and we used like a very like rough dangerous rope and so i had to like Ooh. run and jump onto this like like three uh. foot tall like ball <laughs> and yeah it was a lot it was uh it was dangerous for sure that's hilarious yeah so y'all just got off a tour with lauren babbick right from red-handed denial yeah lauren that's... babbick and uh Hallicine. yeah yeah that's so awesome man it was really cool how many dates was it it was an intended 17 dates and then uh lauren was not able to play the first show because she brought her canadian COVID over and then we had to we played the first show without her so we sang extra and we did songs that were were a very different style of singing at least for me and then the next few, the next three shows, we had to cancel because the rest of the tour uh, all got COVID. So we canceled wow. Houston, Atlanta, which was sold out, and Nashville. Uh, well, technically rescheduled, but I haven't heard anything yet. And uh, so then once we quarantined here in Nashville, we continued up and we did the, the remaining shows. There were 14 shows in total. And it was a really, really badass tour. It was totally different than any tour I've ever done. Instead of every artist having their own set, which that was like what I had expected. You know, they, they were like, do you want to come on tour with me? And, and I, and I was like, yeah, okay, well, how long's my set? Like, and they're like, let's hop on a call. And, <laughs> and then they, and they told me, and I, it was, it, it was the best idea. I want to do all my tours like this. So, so Hallisine, the band, they backed us all night. And then there's three singers now, Addie from Hallisine, uh, She's on TikTok crushing it as well. And then myself and Addie's of such an insane vocalist. And then myself, and then Lauren, who, if you know Lauren, she's like the best screamer I've ever heard in my life. Oh, and she's also got a beautiful voice. Yeah. And so, the way she like switches back and forth between them. I saw her right. do a video of uh, Dallas Green. What's that band? God dang it. Uh, Alexis Cities. on Fire. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yes. She was doing one of their songs and just her switching back and forth to the screaming and singing was insane. Yeah, it was really cool spending <laughs> spending time with her and like talking about vocals. We we all talked about it a lot, but I learned a lot from Lauren. Um, so, but the way the show was was Halcyon started. They did like four or five songs, and then they brought out Lauren in the bridge of one of the songs. She just shows up and she starts like killing it, and they kill the end of the song, which was so exciting being backstage with her. And she runs out, and the crowd goes nuts. And then they did three songs without me, and then I came out. Uh, to my like rock cover of My Heart Will Go On. Like they finished like the heaviest shit ever. And they were like, you guys think that was heavy? Let's go heavier. And they would did this whole like bit before they brought me on stage, just hyping up how heavy the next song was. Um, and which was hilarious every night because I mean, My Heart Will Go On, the cover I did does go hard, but it's still also like sort of a bit of a joke. But at the same time, like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I would come out and we would do My Heart Will Go On. And then and then we did 25 songs in total. So I was on song nine. And so nine through 25, it was the three of us on stage. And we were doing each other's songs where we would learn the harmonies to each other's songs and covers. And we were constantly switching. So we built the arrangement out. We rehearsed it individually for like a month and a half where on the verse one is this singer and then ver and the pre-chorus is another singer with a different singer on harmony and then it switches in the chorus and we were constantly, we built this like badass show of switching and like professional music. Like we're like constantly sh like complimenting each other's like abilities. Mm -hmm. Like Lauren, we all have very different styles and skills and we were just like pushing each other and the show was 
like just a magical show. It wasn't like three different artist sets. It was like one 25 minute set of just like mind blowing, like cool vocals and switching and energy. It was awesome. That's awesome. That sounds, sounds pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that in the future. It's just going to be sort of hard to like convince like people like, Hey, let's have one band. Yeah. Yeah. I can like, see how that could, you know, maybe not turn everyone but on. It was so cool. It was so cool. Like I wish, cause then you'd be easy. You get one bus for the tour and you build like a badass band, super group of maybe your favorite TikTok guitarist and drummer and bassist or whatever, and then start plucking a bunch of different singers and put them together and say, look, we're going to do three of your originals, three of your originals, three of your originals. Let's all pick some covers and let's all learn each other's stuff. Like, Man, it was yeah. so cool. I think I think you're onto something. Yeah, uh, absolutely, there, for sure. It's a big um, idea. Yeah, yeah. W- would you like to like put a couple of these these people you toured with some of their songs on the playlist? Of course. Yeah, let's do. That. Yeah, let's do "Repent" from Hallocene, and then let's do. Uh, oh, what's the? It's called "My Father." I don't want to screw up the name. Is it fa- "Father Said"? I want to say it's "Father Said." Father Said. Yeah, if you need to look it up. Feel yeah. Free. And then let's do Father Said by Red Handed Denial. Red Handed Denial, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's a phenomenal vocalist. For they sure. They both are. They both are. I, I have to check out Halloween for sure. I have not heard them yet, so. Addie, Addie has the voice of somebody that was like singing as like a young girl that was like listening to Little Mermaid at like two years old. And then she <laughs> did it her whole life. It's so naturally ingrained that she's, so phenomenal like she can sing anything at all like a full whistle register ariana grande to demi lovato (laughs) anything the only thing that that you know she can't and i can't and i'm sure she's learning but but the screaming is a completely different technique so that's where lauren has just like her own like absolute rare skill set that she's she's got and it's so cool to like talk vocals with her and be in the van and like we were all like sick because we had covid and so we were all struggling this entire tour with our voices because we like didn't have a chance to recover and so it was it was cool actually seeing that side of being a screamer and like her losing her certain types of like screams on certain nights where she can only go low but she's struggling with the high ones and like getting mm-hmm. to like do voice warm-ups with everybody and like it was just really it was really cool and a great learning experience and i would love to learn to scream yeah yeah that's that's a whole different get on it right man there, man yeah do it. take some more <laughs> classes some of those three three to five hour uh, training sessions let's go i asked lauren so many questions i was like what do you like all right what no but what and she'd be like it's the mouth shape i'd be like that's bullshit i can make the mouth shape come on yeah tell me tell me what's going on <laughs> yeah. what are you what are you really doing <laughs> yeah let's take it back a bit though so you have a lot of i don't know i mean i guess yeah i call them emo covers so like the ballad of Mona Lisa. I think he did like a Lincoln Park cover. I feel like you're you're like a like an emo kid at heart, right? Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of my because you keep going through my old Spotify. A lot of it is going to be that you're going to find in my past is going to yes. be driven by driven by what's viral and what's coming out at that moment. So maybe it's like a new Katy Perry song, and I'm like, haha, cover it. I wish I did more stuff that was just truly stuff I loved. But now that's that's very much who I am and what I'm doing now instead of like letting the new Justin Bieber song like be the cover I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Linkin Park thing. So when Chester passed away, 
which was like heartbreaking. Uh, yes. That was another concert I went to with my dad was was Linkin Park. But and when he passed away, I put together a medley. It's actually I think it's got like 12 or 15 songs. And I, I interwove all of them. So I'm using the chord progression from one Linkin Park song and then I'm singing another one. And then I bring in the, a different Linkin Park song as like a harmony counter melody to it. And I like put, put together this like really beautiful um, building epic uh, tribute to, to Chester. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was a that was a cool one. That uh, one, but yes, yeah, yeah, I emo kid at heart. Loved that one. That one was really cool. Just seeing the the mashup and everything, how everything worked. That one was, I enjoyed that one. Yeah. So what what are some of these you know emo bands or, or yeah. artists that you know you love? I'd love to to hear about that. Yeah, maybe some like of those uh, guys throughout high here. school. I know Lincoln Park, and of course we can put one of their songs on there, and just some some bands, some favorite bands throughout like high school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can I put together. <laughs> a little list let me let me fly, right, I'll fly through it for you there's a canadian band named uh mariana's trench yeah uh, they have been my favorite band for a few years now their lead singer his name is josh ramsey he's one of yep. the best vocalists out there and so he's been a huge inspiration for me and like my singing and learning to sing everything he sings and then trying to like constantly progress uh and he's also a producer and a songwriter so he writes all their stuff uh, his claim to fame is he wrote call me maybe um wrote and produced that um, yeah, so I actually heard an interview with him, and his life story is insane. I, totally. I mean, he his parents were like famous producers, so yep. he had he was like he had like some of the most famous people just coming in and out of his house constantly, which is insane, man. Like, yeah, his mom his mom was a vo voice teacher. Yeah, uh, so like no wonder he's such a good musician, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. So they're they're a great band, and. uh their music's been my favorite for the last few years, but one of their songs uh, stands on its own. Uh, and if anytime I've showed it to any artist, it like changes their life. Um, so the song is is called Ever After. It's the first uh, first song on the album Ever After. And every album that they have uh, tells a story and is all interwoven musically. And they all have these epic like 10 minute long intros and like 10 minute long outros where the songs just like, blend between each other and it's like just this epic mashup of like insane music yeah so ever after from mariana's trench has to be on this playlist it's it's a life-changing of a song my, uh, that my wife listens to that album a lot she likes stutter off of that album i that whole album is <laughs> is perfect it's perfect through and through uh i'm a big uh we'll keep we'll keep going if that if that works yeah we go fly ahead, through this playlist. Let's, let's do it let's go uh Panic at the Disco. Uh, I'm also so now you're like seeing like I love these singers that can sing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, there's there's a lot in the catalog, but I you know I, a song that stood out to me the first time I heard it, uh, Death of a Bachelor, um, mm -hmm. as being so incredibly unique. And I don't think they've done anything as like standout as that since then. But I I do love a lot of, a lot of the music, and so I, I would throw Death of a Bachelor on there. I I did a cover of that just purely out of like wanting to, but I didn't do it like punk rock. I like. I like actually arranged strings and I hired a cello player and a violin player and a viola player. And I like did oh, a whole, nice. I like did a whole orchestral arrangement of that, which was really cool. Another artist, uh, you mentioned emo. So we'll go the most emo you can go. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I hesitate to bring them up because the, the lead singer has had some like weird allegations and whatnot, but, but their music has definitely been, at least one album is really inspirational to me. Uh, the band is called Brand New, and it's yeah, hard to choose okay. a song because the, enti the entire album, Deja Intendu, I've never listened to like one song. I always 
put it on the first song and I finish it all the way through the end. So I like tried to like scroll through their Spotify really quickly to find which song I would like put on a playlist, uh, which is hard, which is really hard to do. But I'll go with uh, The Boy Who Blocked His Own Shot by Brand New. Dejan Tindu is, is such a classic album, man. Oh. So, so good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know any of the details of whatever shittiness the singer's done. And if he's done anything shitty, I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm saying yeah, that, yeah. that, oh, uh, for sure. yeah. that album was, was inspirational for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go Paramore. Now Welcome choosing back. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just changed their, their, uh, all their like social media. Yeah. Um, with Paramore, um, that's, that's certainly a tough one uh, to choose like one song, but I think I'm going to go with Ignorance. I'm going to go with Ignorance for that, that song. album is probably the most added. I actually had a, had a band argue over which song to put on from that album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love, I really loved all of the stuff. I even like the later stuff, self-titled and, and after laughter, I, I I like the producer they worked with. I understand it's a little poppier, but but yeah, Brand New Eyes was a was a record I I had. Let's see, this is a band that that broke up a while ago, and then I stole their drummer and I took him on tour. Uh, this band <laughs> is called The Cab, uh huh. And the the song I would choose is called Angel with a Shotgun. That whole al- album's so good. The band's like. <laughs> that whole album is just like so groovy and so like just incredible. And I know that there was like some drama within the band. Um, and like I said, I literally like they broke up and I hired their drummer and I took him on tour and he's, <laughs> he's a great drummer and he's out there killing it right now. And he's, he's just a really sweet guy. So yeah, all, all the success to him. Then let's go with Muse. Ooh. Muse uh, was a big inspiration. Matt Bellamy is an incredible vocalist. As a trio, I like to think like a drummer and like a bass player when I compose. Um, and and those three guys are are phenomenal at arranging stuff for just the three of them. So the song I would choose is Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. That was the one on Guitar and Guitar Hero, right? I don't think no. There's a few, but mm. I know that Knights of Sidonia was on yeah, Guitar was... Hero. Man, they were they. They're a great band. And like, if you ever had an opportunity to see them live, it's just nuts because they just take it on a whole nother level with the, like the fire and the flames and the like production that like, that's just like, it's just so next level, which is totally extra and awesome. If I ever get to that stage of like doing whatever the hell I want, like lighting pianos on fire and exploding, (laughs) I'm going to do that shit. I'm going to be like flying through the rafters of the arena, like all of it. Hell yeah. Why not, man? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's let's get weird for a second. Let's get weird for a let's second. Do it. Um, okay, you know there there's a song I think it was really popular in the '90s, and and it's sort of a weird song, but I love it. And I and I used to cover it when I was younger, and I should probably cover it again. It was in like a Batman movie or something. Mm. The singer's name is Seal, and the song oh. is "Kissed from a Rose." Yes, and Seal is the bomb. Oh yeah, so good. Not and there's weird a re- at all. Not weird at all. There's a record that Kiss from a Rose is on, and I, I had that CD, and that record is so good. My dad was like a big Seal fan. And so I like got into that album. It was so amazing. But Kiss from a Rose is like, it's almost like one of those My Heart Will Go On kind of a song yeah. where it's like almost a joke, which I should probably cover Kiss from a Rose. Um, I think the coolest thing about that song, Kiss from a Rose, is when he starts doing that, like, da, 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 da. and then, <laughs> like, when you're listening to it in headphones, it's in, like, up, like up, different uh, years, and you're like, where is that, where is that coming from? <laughs> yeah, so I good. I love that, yeah. Straight from the heavens, baby. Right? <laughs> so good. 
and then uh, there's a, a singer who I've been a fan of for a long time. And I think uh, one of my musical goals would be to be seen as a, a peer to, to her. And, and I've always been inspired by her. Her name is Lights. She's she's also Canadian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seen her live many times. I, I We've talked on the Internet a million times. And uh, she's like just a few years older than me. And like I, I would love I would be like if I like get to play the same stage or whatever, like that would be like I've just been like tracking behind her for however many few years. And she's just like wildly way more successful than I am, of course. But I, I would just love to be like a peer. So, yeah, I'll go with lights. And then and then that song I'll do is uh, Siberia. And I'm going to choose that just because it was a song that I was listening to the album I was listening to the very first time I moved to L.A. And I was like wide eyed and I was a, I signed that horrible record deal to be in that boy band. And I was I was just like so excited to be in L.A. and like loving the sunshine. And like I was so optimistic before, like j- the life of being jaded now as a, as a career musician. <laughs> um, I got like screwed over. and all, I'm, No, I'm not. I'm actually not jaded. I'm still like just as wide eyed, but uh, I've just like seen some shit. Man, you know, for for all that to happen to you, and then you still come out on top is is awesome. Because there's a lot of people that just it just completely ruins them. You know. Yeah, so, no, I, I'm not gonna give up, man. Like props when you, to you, man. Well, it's 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 tough. Like people come up to you and they tell you like your music's like changed their lives and like you know taking them from like a really dark place or or giving them hope or made them feel a little bit less alone. Like when people t- say that or get your lyrics tattooed on them, like man, that means so much. Like there's so much like purpose behind almost like what I'm like doing w- during my lifetime on this planet and like yeah. creating art that like connects with people and like helps them. So like that, I feel like is like the purpose in creating music because it was so important to me as well, like listening to music growing up. And so like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great that I'm inspired in that way and that people have been connected to me, but you can't like pay your landlord like that. Yeah. You can't be like, yeah. no, but like I got all these tattoos this yeah. month. Like, let me pay you with a picture of a tattoo real quick. <laughs> yeah. So like, I've been like as smart as I can be to like have the business element of it to, to, but at the same time, never, ever forgetting that impact and, and that every single view it, it you might it's so easy to see your like your peers getting more views on shit than you or more downloads or streams or whatever and like you have to like correct yourself and be like no like every single one of those people is a person that can be affected by it in such a positive and powering way so I, I've really held true to that and sure as my numbers grow or whatever like I don't really give a shit as long as I can make music for a living and connect with people and then like let's do it on a on a grand scheme that would be such yeah. a dream to like play an arena and like cause traffic in a city because people are like so connected to my music. But like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give no, up any, yeah, any that's time. That's awesome, man. That's, that's awesome. what I like to hear. Absolutely. I mean, you genuinely, like, I think the, your energy in your videos is kind of what has me hooked as well is you, you genuinely look like you're having a blast doing what you're doing. So I, I, I usually am, uh, <laughs> except for the fact that I, in my TikToks, I I fucking I do them live, so I have to not screw up, and oh, shit, and yeah. and so like uh, you might see a take, but it might actually be like take thirty because I don't want to mess up the lyrics, which I'm not good at remembering lyrics, and I do them fucking live, and yeah. then I because a lot of people they'll like put a mic filter over their face so you, they can screw up the lyrics, it doesn't matter, and, and I I do it live, so I'm I have to sing well, and I have to. Uh, 
I usually like talk at the beginning of it to like catch people's attention or at the end of it or whatever. So I have to not screw that up either. So I'm glad <laughs> that you think I look happy. I am genuinely having fun on the first take. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it gets like, fuck, man, get your lyrics right. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know a lot of people pre-record their shit, and then so it's interesting that you do that that shit live. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I just didn't like seeing. I mean, I've done like a few, like when I collabed with uh, Cimarelli recently. They're like a bunch of girls. Like it was not going to be easy to get nine singers together and have us do that live. Like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. like I was like, yeah, let's just pre-record it and we'll film it. But like, in unless it's like a part of a music video, like an official music video, then my TikTok is live. Wow, I always do it live. Is very, very, I mean, nothing wrong with doing it either way. I mean, more power to you because I understand the, there, there's like this weird, like perfectionist uh, in the scene, you know, you have to, everything has to be perfect or whatever. So I understand why people do pre-record the, the TikToks and all that, but however you want to do it, that's cool, man. But you live. can just see when they don't do it live. Like the yeah. breath isn't right. Like the vocal, like strain in their neck isn't yeah. right. Like, I love, like, seeing that that movement of their arm made their voice change a little bit or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I, I love to see that. So I, and I've always loved that. Even with the early days of YouTube, that was like what I used to try to do mm-hmm. as well was like, all right, we're going to film this thing as we as we record it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And that's really cool. It brings a whole new new element because I didn't know if you did it live or not. But that's that's really cool. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, man. <laughs> I'm absolutely could only imagine <laughs> at least now like there, i had an older studio on tiktok that i was in la and uh i was in a garage that i like retrofitted to like hopefully be as cool in the summer as possible and i i actually like went on the roof and i bought this giant reflective like foil and i covered the entire roof with foil that didn't work so then i used a huge tarp a white tarp and i like kept that up and that kept it like 10 degrees cooler but it was probably like in the summer Without the tarp, it was probably like 125 degrees in this garage that my studio is in. Oh, but like, I, I would like shut off the AC for a minute and it would just like bake and bake and bake. And so like my old TikToks in LA um, with the wall, I had a string wall of lights behind me. Uh, that was the Gavin, the Dance Gavin Dance cover. Um, wow. If it was in the summer, like that studio got so hot um, and doing those videos live. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's insane. I, I fucking hate the heat. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan either. Yeah. Adam? Yeah. So we, you know, talked a little bit about your tour um, and your debut, like, solo single, right? If I'm not mistaken, only one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, we obviously listened to it. Uh, really good song. Tell us, you know, a little bit about it, what went into it, and what it means to you that being your debut solo Yeah. Single. So, so when I moved to Nashville, I got hit up by all these songwriters, and mm-hmm. they were like, yo, like, you're popular on the internet let's write songs and i was like ah that's i know what you're doing that's um weird. yeah yeah but but i i really had to overcome this this struggle uh, i've always been in bands but i never co-wrote with my bandmates at all i always wrote the songs i wrote the drum parts sent them to the drummer wrote the guitar parts like maybe the guitarist like added something um but my guitars always stayed in there as well and so i was always the sole writer and i was like really precious about my songwriting it would like take me a long time sometimes to like write finish this lyrics to the second verse or whatever like i wasn't as quick about it and i developed my own techniques but they weren't like by any like songwriting book or anything so move out to nashville i get hit up by all these songwriters and it was really hard for me to like be willing to do it but i i took a chance and i started writing with other people that Nashville songwriters, they they'll have they'll 
oftentimes book like three three sessions a day. They'll book a 10 a.m., they'll book a 1 p.m., and they'll book a 5 p.m., and they'll write three songs a day, like at least. And it, wow. and their ability to write songs is nuts. So I'm coming in with like song ideas, and now I'm like in the room with people who have skills that I don't have that are like thinking about rhyme schemes, thinking about alternative meanings to like a lyric and how it can mean something different to other people. And like, I've always just been writing from my heart. And now I sort of have all these people that have these like tricks and they can write songs about like anything, which I, you know, I always never did. I wasn't like writing a song about like this imaginary girl in a bar. I was like writing about <laughs> shit I was going through. Um, So now you like, you can, you put it together and you put me in a room with some people who are really fucking good at rhyming. And, and now it's like, okay, like we have, we're, we're nuts with our songwriting. So, uh, I wrote 20 songs. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to keep writing of course, but I like banked like 20 of these like quick little demos. Um, and then w only one was written on like the last day. Um, and it, we actually wrote, we had like a two hour, two or three hour window, and we, the, the two writers I was writing with, uh, Chris Sly and Mary Cutter, um, we did uh, three songs in that two and a half hour window. Like I've never had that happen in my life ever wow. before. We just like shit out three songs. It was nuts. Um, and uh, when it came down to like choosing what song, because Halcyon and Lauren Babbick, they asked me to come on the tour. And I was like, okay, I have like a month to get my act together. Um, I, I'm going to change my name from the band name to my name. That means I have to re-upload like 200 songs. That's going to take <laughs> me, uh, I have to build a huge spreadsheet. It's going to be a nightmare. And then I need to record one of these songs. And I didn't like really, really dive into like exactly which one would be the best one. But like, I felt like only one would be sort of like a middle of the road is like, it's not too heavy. It's not too acoustic. It's not too like whatever. Like it was going to work for probably like a pop audience and a rock audience and like, it was like sort of neutral, which I wanted on like a first song. Um, but the emotional content, the lyrical content, the power behind it, all of it was there um, from like that early demo. So I was like, all right, like, let's let's make this happen. And and I had like uh, a death in my wife's family and I didn't have enough time to like really sit down and produce it. So this was actually like the first time I like co-produced something with anyone in a long time. Um, and And I reached out to my songwriter, Chris, and I was like, yo, like I'm going out of town. I don't have time right now can you start the production? And so he started the production on only one and he like laid this perfect template out for me. So like it just, he, he was a part of the writing too, which was great. Um, so literally like now I had like the map of like, all right, I'm going to produce it to this song, to this tempo. Here's the verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. We got this. And so I was able to like fly in and finish the song as like quickly as I could right after that trip, right before the tour. So yeah, only one was written in a batch of 20 songs it was on the last day and it just shit out of us and uh i i love it i played it on tour every single night and the people did not know the song it was not out yet um oh, but yeah. they they went fucking hard i got a bunch of pre-saves and pre-orders and i filmed every show and i actually put up the official music video of me playing only one i i put all the 14 shows together mm -hmm. with different camera angles and that that, that video is up on my youtube channel now as the official music video and the energy's insane people went so hard and then when the song dropped we hit number two on the alternative charts on the same day that panic the disco's album came out and demi lovato's album came out wow. I hit yeah I, the only band on the alternative charts that beat me was imagine dragons and then i i hit number 38 on the overall all genre chart which was 
a dream and that's really cool. awesome man especially right. with those two big man those are two two big fucking albums to be man and you hell yeah dude that's awesome yeah but they also have the like label push and the, yeah, and yeah, the exactly. playlist so like yeah. i i enjoyed my like 24 maybe 36 48 hours of like look i'm on the oh there there i go <laughs> yeah and we're gone, and we're gone. I'm, I'm right there right next to them right there. Uh, yeah I, I lasted maybe two days and then and then because they p- able to run the playlists and they have yeah. all the banners yeah. on everything i don't have any of that shit i can email my email list but like how many times am i going to email them you know yeah <laughs> well that's awesome i mean even still like i said you, you didn't have that whole big push and everything that's that's a hell of a feat dude mm-hmm. definitely yeah. worth it are, yeah. so yeah. are you going to be releasing more original Solo material yeah like original music yeah I'm, coming, yeah I'm coming leaning next. I'm leaning against the covers unless unless I have something go so viral on TikTok that it's like stupid of me not to sort of like my heart will go on or heart attack or some of those other things that I've done on TikTok where like all right like I have to do a cover now but I'm not going to do covers just because like Katy Perry dropped a song so I'm going to do a new cover of it you know mm-hmm. um and, and I'm going to focus much more on the original music uh I'm going to do an acoustic version of only one as well as I'm doing a, an open verse challenge on TikTok right now, inviting people to come up with their own verse. And then I'm going to record a new version of it. And I'm going to fly the winner of the open verse challenge out to my house in Nashville. And we're going to do a cover together. And we'll also do uh, that their verse and shoot a little video to it and release that as an official release, which is sort of a nuts thing to do as an independent artist. I had to like ask my wife if I can like fly somebody random uh, <laughs> to our house. But she was like not gl- loving it, but she was OK with it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're going to I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, I'm going to keep rolling out singles until it's time to to put an album together. It all just depends on the success of everything. And uh, I'm independent now and we'll we'll see what happens. So are you worried at all? Because I know there's a lot of bands who kind of got trapped in the the covers like our last night is one of them. Things of that nature. Uh, yeah, but they're like chilling. They're like, oh, dude, our, yeah. our last like, night is like they're yeah. they're they are killing it, and like Absolutely. they can sell out arenas and they can put out. They have a whole. They're in a, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. And then like I've had a lot of talks with with record labels, and and you know I prevail had such success. You know, there's a lot of bands, and then I I never want to like talk shit, but like certain bands like that used to do covers that got signed to big labels and then stopped doing covers they did hurt their careers and now they just got dropped and now they're back to square one so like i understand covers are are how you gain new fans but if you don't refill with new fans your old fans will deplete so um you have to you have to find a way to do that and it could just be tiktok or whatever so I'm definitely going to be focusing on original music and having that back catalog of originals. I like don't care as much about the covers. They don't like I, I enjoy them uh, and they it's great to like learn from better songwriters and producers and artists and singers out there than myself. But my heart is really in my own music making that impact. But I know that I have to not completely stop covers. Um, yeah. You know, you got to refill your fans. Yeah, I, I feel that for sure. Social media is a tricky thing dude like yeah yeah man it's it's and then how do you how do you make a living just because you have a follower that doesn't mean shit you have to you have to be smart about it because a hundred thousand spotify streams is three hundred dollars yeah that's not even you can't live off of that you even if i had a hundred thousand streams on something which sure i might have some covers that might have that but none of the originals you know and so you, you have to play the game. You have to be smart about how to monetize it. And then if somebody believes in you, if somebody has a, been touched by your music, 
they need to have a way to to show you that there's value. The value of your art is not 0.003 cents. That's what Spotify is telling us. Yeah. And my my music is worth 0.003 cents. That's bullshit. In it reality, is. my music is worth a lot more to somebody and unless you have an opportunity for someone to like buy a shirt or like join your Patreon community of like talking to me daily, then there's there's not going to be a way to to have a career. And that's Absolutely, what a lot of those yeah. labels don't understand. That's what we've talked about yeah. this quite a bit on the show is, is For sure. there's like a two, two episodes ago, a guy was telling us, I think he said like a million streams on Spotify is like $4,000 or something yeah. like that. Three or four, three or $4,000. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, bands with labels, they don't get that, that whole cut because they have to pay labels and PR reps and all this. And, you know, even independent people, they still have certain people they have to pay as well. So they don't get that full cut either. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a crazy thing, man. And just, yeah, value. Well, with is... the label, they, so like for, I talked about those playlists or I spoke about um, the banners or whatever. Those are things that the labels choose. They have full right to choose if you're going to be, if they're going to be spending your money in, in advance. So I've had a lot of those, those smaller, you know, the hopeless, fearless rise uh, records pay me money to promote their artists on my TikTok. And wow. I know they're not, and I know what I charge and I know that they're not going to make their money back for my TikTok, but they'll certainly get some plays and views, but they're not going to, if it's a hundred thousand streams for, uh, you know, $300, they're not getting anywhere near that from my, my TikTok. Yeah. Um, and even I've had some really successful TikToks for those artists, but it exactly they're, they're, it's a losing game and for the artist, yeah. um, but the artist doesn't have the choice to spend that money or not. Whereas me, I'm choosing like, Hey, am I going to put money into Spotify's new marquee? Am I going to pay for Google ads? Am I going to do Facebook ads? Those are my choices. And if I want to spend $500 here, $200 there, whatever, that's up to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So labels are something that we've talked about as well. I'm not trying to like talk shit on labels either, but is our labels completely out of the question for you you just want to stay diy no i would totally do a label if it's a right <laughs> deal but i don't i don't want somebody like if a label is like yo we'll give you fifty thousand dollars let us i'm not going to take fifty thousand dollars for them to choose what i want and and now i have to spend that money to record a full record and, and yeah like it's not gonna it's not gonna do shit now however but what i would do is I would work with a label to get a song of mine that they believe in out on the Spotify charts, out on the relationships with radio. Like, that's what I need. I don't need money to record my music because mm -hmm. I record it at home for free. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I would like to at least know that we're going to spend a million dollars on like marketing and I'm not going to ever like I owe that. <laughs> I would like to be a part of that. Like, hey, should we spend a million dollars on marketing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, completely agree. See, that's that's what I think. We were talking about is that's one of the biggest things that labels like have to offer is their marketing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, I, I totally I totally would do a label if it's if it's the right because I would I would benefit really well from a tour. Like if I got the choose it, let's say I could go out and open for Paramore. Uh, that's a label connection. If they're still on Fueled by, I'm not sure who they're with, but they're going to take a Fueled by Ramen act. I know that. And that act is going to owe the. They're going to charge that the label is going to charge that act a buy on fee to to Paramore. So Paramore is going to charge that act $150,000 and the label is going to recoup that from the artist. Yeah. But if I could like get a deal with a label where they're like, yo, we're going to take you out and you're going to play uh, and you're going to open for Jimmy World. 
awesome. I think they're independent now, so that doesn't really make sense. But uh, uh, no, yeah, just as yeah, yeah, yeah. So like then, then we're, now we're talking. That's what I need. I need the tour, and I need uh, the connections and the push and the playlists. Yeah, as a solo artist, this was like the first tour you'd you'd been on. As, as a, a solo, solo artist, yeah. I but I toured pretty extensively from twenty twelve through twenty fifteen. Uh and then I think it took a year before I did another tour. And then I did a tour. Um I did a tour with my wife uh in twenty nineteen. We actually got engaged in Rome on that tour. So I know you're you're going to Rome, enjoy your Rome trip. And uh, I did a tour with her and that yeah, that was twenty nineteen, I think. Twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. But that was still as my band name, even though it was just me performing. I still use the band name. So are you planning on touring anytime soon? Yeah, we're going to reschedule those dates for, for early next year, I think, from the HCU tour that were canceled because of, of the Rona. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in talks with, with uh, an agent about next year, but I got to get a little bit more music put together. And then you know, who knows, that cool tour idea is, is certainly a, a great idea. It's a huge idea of, of putting together a super group of a band and singers, but... I don't know. I like to think yeah. big and it's, it's things are possible. <laughs> you can, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can give you uh, some last songs for, for the list. Yeah. Like. I was going to, I was going to say you could do that and then maybe talk about some recent stuff to sort of, you know, you're into and, and is inspiring you. Sure. All right. Well, let's wrap up the list. I'll give you uh, I give you, let's slow it down. Let's go. Bonnie Vare, skinny love. You know, it's important to have the acoustic, element in there yeah, absolutely <laughs> i i went through a really weird um it's not even weird but it is weird i went through a weird phase that really inspired me when i was like a super stoner and uh <laughs> that was that was radiohead radiohead is a band that like is a little abrasive to get into at first but if you get into radiohead it'll change your life it'll it is a mushroom trip of a band um <laughs> and the song that i chose is weird fishes weird fishes but the whole the whole catalog is crazy and and nobody knows which album's the best album. I'd say in rainbows, but that's sort of like the people all argue about which album's the best album and yeah, Radiohead. <laughs> so that, those are all the songs that I I wrote down and then yeah, you asked about what's going on in my life. I'm uh I live in Nashville. I moved from Los Angeles about a year ago and I now have a 1-year-old baby. Uh, so congratulations he's, he, he's literally yeah, about to walk thank you he's about to walk like he's upstairs like probably walking my wife's like tripping him right now so he doesn't walk <laughs> so, so basically so from la to nashville you went california kid to, to country real quick How, how's that adjustment <laughs> um it, you know I, I really enjoyed la it was like a really fun uh few years of my life and i'm uh -huh. actually going back there tomorrow for the weekend but uh it was it was just a, it's a party and and the people that move there are the same people as you and the idea that they uprooted their lives because they have a dream and you meet people at a party and you're like what do you do and they're and they light up and they're like oh i'm a film director and i like i work with all these bands or whatever it is that they they, they do they um mm -hmm. they're pursuing their arts and their passion and that's the same reason i was there so that's really cool but it, it can chew people up and spit them out it, it didn't do that to me but a lot of my friends uh, and yeah. i loved it i loved it there when my wife and i got married she's a youtuber and so she could work from anywhere but I, I benefit being in a music city. Um, yeah. You know, it was like, where, where are we going to live? And it, it was impossible to buy a house in Los Angeles. Like even a million dollars, you would buy like a shitty house. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's really impossible. So we got yeah. really lucky and we, we moved to Nashville and we're, we're outside the city. Okay. Like 20, 25 minutes and nice neighborhood. And I built a, a studio in the house that's 
four rooms and it's got a, a soundproof drum room that's like a room within a room, uh, like the safest place to be if there's a tornado, which that happens yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so we're in uh, Texas. We get like tornado signs all yeah. the time. So <laughs> I, I got a I got a really good buddy that lives in uh, Nashville. Pete Lund, shout out Pete Lund. He actually he calls it nasty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. So funny story. My my daughter. The so I have three kids. Cool. <laughs> my youngest is she just turned. She's about to turn four in October, and when she started walking. Don't make this mistake. Right? This is like the worst thing ever for me. <laughs> she she started taking her steps and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to record this shit. So I pull up my phone and I'm like sitting there recording her and she starts to fall and I go to reach out and try and grab her. But I was like looking <laughs> through my phone and I missed <laughs> and her face hit my knee and like busted her lip. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> oh, that's like the worst. Uh, you should post that on TikTok. I'll right? repost it. Yeah, post, post. <laughs> no, I just posted a video over tonight. She was she was with my mom and she like she's like talking to my mom sitting in this chair. And then out of nowhere, she just like falls out of the chair. My mom's like, oh, are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's so like, she's I'm, still I'm, falling, okay. Right? I'm okay. I'm <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, she's adorable. I love that little girl. But yeah, I have three kids, man. They're all, wow, oh, it's it's nuts. Yeah. That's why yeah, I do a... these uh, interviews so late at night is because they're all asleep. <laughs> no, nah, my, my baby stays up and parties. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But um, so one thing is we like to put two of your songs on this playlist I, I start the playlist off with one of your songs i already took the liberty of putting only one as the first song on this playlist i figured that's what you wanted is there yeah, a song yeah. that you would want to like close this thing out with um let's do oh, there's some choices uh you know i i uh I'm, I'm between either my heart will go on which we mentioned uh, mm -hmm. quite a few times or or uh, a collab that i did with someone else you know what? let's just do my heart will go on let's Let's do it, you know, and and strong. Imagine me on tour right after Lauren Babbick, just like growling <laughs> and like everybody like, wow, this is some heavy shit. And then me coming out with my heart will go on. Come on. You oh, shed a yeah. tear at the end of the playlist. <laughs> I'm sure that got a lot of love, man. Right. I'm just saying if I was at a show because, you know, I got a lot of oh, it did. Was screaming. And, and if that came on, dude, uh, three beers in. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it would always it always went really hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you use Spotify or Apple? I, I'm a user of Spotify, but of course my music's on everything. But yeah, okay. I use Spotify. So what is the last song you listen to on Spotify? Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was just I was just checking out Vandalize by One OK Rock because I like saw somebody post that it's like a badass song. So I was just like oh, and somebody tagged me saying I sounded like the singer. So I was just listening to it. And it was pretty catchy. It's the new like Sonic the Hedgehog movie theme song or whatever. But oh, oh nice. sick. Yeah. All right. Well, that one's going to go on there. Just uh, as... damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be vandalized and then my heart will go on. All right. Fine. <laughs> but Adam, you want to do the, uh, the promos? Sure. So we like to take some time to just give you a spotlight, basically shout out your social media handles, um, anything that's going on, any, you know, new music that might be coming out, upcoming shows, um, things like that. If you want to shout out any last minute, you know, songs bands things like that feel free this is your your time 
All right. Um, well, my name is David Michael Frank. You can find me on all the social media platforms as David Michael Frank. Uh, so shout out to anybody who's supporting my music and my art. I'm an independent artist, so thank you for picking up merch. Thank you for being a part of my Patreon community. There's just so many incredible ways uh, to support, so thank you if you're, if you're a part of it. As far as what's coming up, just be ready for a bunch of original music on the way. And of course, I got some cover collabs coming up with some some big dogs on, on YouTube. So so stay tuned for that. Uh, and yeah, go uh, like, subscribe, do all the things. And uh, go watch me uh, sing my ass off on TikTok because I'm going to do that again soon. Um, just real quick. So we I'm not sure, Augie, when you have this one slated to come out. But if you do have a song, like one of your original ones that you'd want to put as uh, on the tail end of, of the playlist you know, between now and whenever this comes out, just let us know. We could do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Will do. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, let me know and I'll let you know if I've got anything ready to go. Uh, All right. I appreciate you giving us your time today, man. Thank you so much. Um, Absolutely. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for for having me. Uh, It was very, very fun. Oh, and go add the two. We did two covers with uh, Lauren Babick and Halicine um, that were for the tour. Uh, Okay. uh, Living on a Prayer. Uh, and under pressure, and I'll, it probably shows up on my Spotify under like the f- also featured on or whatever. I'm assuming, um, but they might show up. I'm not really sure. Yeah, show. okay. There's one. Oh yeah. man, under pressure is such a good song. Man. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God, I love that song. Yeah, so go go add those as well. Those will be good. All right, man. Well, thank you very much, man. You have a nice night. You have a safe trip tomorrow to LA, and yes, thank you. Greatly appreciate it's hot it. Hot out there. On, man. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, yes, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, looking forward to this. Thank uh, you. Bye. 